0: Welcome to Fake Redhead Talking Fast, the podcast where you can hear an opinionated Scott slash share her thoughts. I'm Cassie, the Fake Redhead in question, and let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Fake Redhead Talking Fast. Um, I realised as we reached the end of the first Grisha trilogy... Um, I'm out of material, and so had to put out a desperate plea on Instagram and Twitter for things to talk about, and y'all really delivered, so thank you. It's going to be a short one this week. We are away on holiday on Thursday, which I'm very, very excited about. We're going up to the north of Scotland, uh, and so there won't be a podcast for at least the next two weeks, unfortunately. I know know you're going to have to figure out some way of struggling on without me gabbing. I'm sure you'll live. Uh, But I still wanted to come on and say something this week, since I was so late last week. And so this week I decided that I would talk about the books that I am taking away with me. Um, Always a very exciting topic. And so without any further ado, let's get to it. Okay so the way I think I'm going to do this is I'm going to tell you which book I'm going to be reading and I'll maybe read the back and give you a very brief summary of it and then when I come back I might have a couple of more kind of material to do reviews and things which will be good and that should tide me over for the next couple of weeks. And so uh, the first one that I'm going to talk about I've actually already started reading so I've not even, even been able to save it for holiday is <laughs> the next in the verse, Six of Crows. Um, and I shall read you the blurb of Six of Crows. Criminal prodigy Kaz Brecker has been offered a chance at a deadly heist. Break into the ice court, a military stronghold that has never been breached, and retrieve a hostage whose knowledge could change Grecia magic forever. To succeed would mean riches beyond Kaz's wildest dreams, but he can't pull it off alone. A convict with a thirst for revenge, a sharpshooter who can't walk away from a wager, a runaway with a privileged past, a spy known as the Wraith, a heartrender using her magic to survive the slums, a thief with a gift for unlikely escapes, six dangerous outcasts, one impossible heist. Together, they might just be unstoppable, if they don't kill each other first. So I was actually aware of Six of Crows long before I was aware of Shadow and Bone. I, it popped up on my Instagram for you page like literally two years ago, I think, um, or close to two years ago. And I just I didn't really feel like it was my kind of thing. And then obviously I found out more about it, read Shadow and Bone and all that. And then I, I wanted to keep reading the series. So here I am. I do love A Found Family. I've, I think I've said that before. I love me a found family trope. And this is one of the most traumatised, dysfunctional found families you've ever seen. None of these people are over the age of kind of 20. And yeah, they are all so, so damaged. It's really funny. Um, I have already started this one. I'm just over halfway through. What I will say is that it is a bit darker than Shadow and Bone. So Shadow and Bone is very kind of focused on... Uh, dark and light and lots of imagery and symbolism and it's all a very kind of fight between good and evil and six of crows is about six kids who want money to get away from various issues you know kaz wants revenge and you know other people want revenge it's all manner of things but it is a darker tone <laughs> the independent um there's an, uh, a quote from the independent on the back oceans 11 set in a game of thrones-esque world electric prose Um, there hasn't been much there has i don't think there's been any swearing again no no smut because these are fundamentally still written for young people but you know just tread with caution because some of it i think could be a bit um intense for younger readers but yes so I do like a heist and I do like a fun family and so it is actually a really quick read it's quite a thick book and the writing is quite small but I am really enjoying it and it is moving quite fast once you get past the first kind of two three chapters but yeah I'm enjoying that. The next book is the second book in the Aurora cycle the sequel to Aurora Rising Aurora Burning. Um, I recognise I haven't actually talked at all about Aurora Rising and it was because I was still like neck deep in the Grecia trilogy so I will read you the blurb of both. I will give you kind of a very brief overview of what Aurora Rising is about and yeah then I will move on to tell you kind of what I'm hoping and expecting from Aurora Burning. So first I will read you Aurora Rising's uh, blurb and see if you can note any similarities between the two books Um, Six of Crows and Aurora Rising. 2380 and the graduating cadets of Aurora Academy are being assigned their first missions. Star pupil Tyler Jones is ready to recruit the squad of his dreams. But his own boneheaded heroism sees him stuck with the dregs no one else in the academy would touch. A cocky diplomat with a black belt and sarcasm. A sociopath scientist with a fondness of shooting her bunkmates. A smart tech whiz with the galaxy's biggest chip on his shoulder. An alien warrior with anger management issues. A tomboy pilot who's totally not into her squad leader, in case you were wondering. And Ty's squad isn't even his biggest problem. That would be Aurora Jilin O'Malley, the girl he's just rescued from interdimensional space. Trapped in cryosleep for two centuries, Ori is a girl out of time and out of her depth. But she could be the catalyst that starts a war millions of years in the making. And Tyler's squad of losers, discipline cases and misfits might just be the last hope for the entire galaxy. Nobody panic. Okay, so there are some similarities to the blur of Six of Crows. Actually, it's really, really funny. I don't know if they meant it, but there are actually a lot of similarities to Shadow and Bone um, in Aurora Rising. For instance, uh, where Tyler rescues Aurora from, and I'm very quickly realising that Aurora is really difficult to say in my accent, um, where he rescues her from is a big black space of just kind of dead space that's called the fold (laughs) seriously so he rescues her from the fold uh and yeah basically it's just she's really really old at this point and she's been stuck in cryosleep and there's all these amazing twists and turns and uh the reason that there's you know a team is that each team has a diplomat a pilot uh, something called a tank, which is, like, their uh, weapons and protection guy. Uh, Someone called a gearhead, which is, you know, who fixes the things. And Brainiac, I believe, is one of them. Um, And that's who's, like, doing all their science and all that. And their alpha, which is Tyler. And, I mean, I would have at least two of those things, but, you know, in case one goes bad. Or maybe you have kind of dual work ethic. But anyway... It works for the sake of, kind of, the book. Uh, I will now read the blurb of the second one. And I won't I won't put a little flourish. I think if I keep doing that, we're going to end up with a lot of flourishes. And these are in the same series. Our interstellar heroes are back for the second instalment. The Aurora Cycle series. First, the bad news. An ancient evil, you know, your standard consume all life in the galaxy deal, is about to be unleashed. The good news. Squad 312 is standing by to save the day. They've just got to take care of a few small distractions first. Shocking revelations, bank heists, mysterious gifts, inappropriately tight bodysuits, and an epic firefight will determine the fate of Aurora Legion's most unforgettable heroes. And maybe the rest of the galaxy as well. What I kind of love about these books is that they are quite tongue-in-cheek. They are very fun. Like, the 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 tagline on the first one is, they're not the heroes we wanted, they're just the ones we could find. And the tagline on the second one is they're not going down without a fight. We hope like I love that kind of sense of quite young person nihilism. And um, they are quite wittily written. Um, again, just kind of discretion is advised. Uh, they're not gory. Like I don't like gory books. I don't like really kind of grim stuff. But you know, everyone has kind of different lines on things. But Yep, so that again, quite a thick book. I think this one is, hang on. Oh no, that's, is that? Oh, hang on. Yes, this one is 500 pages long. Oh no, no, no. Uh, 495 pages long. So that's exciting. That is actually really exciting. That'll take me at least 15 hours. (laughs) I'm kidding. Mostly. Ooh, ooh. Also, also, um, Aurora, the uh, the girl stuck in cryosleep, was in cryosleep because she was on her way to a colony where she was going to serve as a cartographer. Seriously, a cartographer gets stuck in a place called the Fold. Is this not sounding familiar to anyone? And in the eventuality that I've managed to finish both those books, because let's be honest, I'm going to be reading Six of Crows on the drive up and yeah, Aurora Rising really won't take me that long. <laughs> and I'm also taking a book that my mother is very kindly loaning to me that my grandfather, again, shout out to Grandpa, avid podcast listener, love you, uh, sent to her, Richard Osman's The Thursday Murder Club. I think this book kind of exploded in popularity. Loads of people were buying it. Lots of people have been talking about it. People in my book club have been talking about it. Sorry, I got to breathe. <sighs> oh, that's what happens when you scale your bunk bed ladder. Um... And yeah, I'm I'm actually quite excited about it. I don't know anything about it. Um someone on Book Club did read a passage a passage from it ages and ages and ages ago. Probably like last month. But you know, <laughs> I can't I don't remember things, I'm sorry. Um and so I will I will read you the blurb of this one In a peaceful retirement village. Four unlikely friends meet up once a week to investigate unsolved murders. But when a brutal killing takes place right on their doorstep, the Thursday Murder Club find themselves in the middle of their very first live case. Elizabeth, Joyce, Ibrahim and Ron might be pushing 80, but they still have a few tricks up their sleeve. Can our unorthodox but brilliant gang catch the killer before it's too late? (laughs) lol okay I was wrong I did actually know what this one was about um it's yeah retirement people um I'm very excited for this I love an old person solving a murder I think I just that's a trope that I can really get behind. I think that's probably a reason that someone called Araminta Hall, I'm sure she's a very lovely, clever woman, um, uh, she has said a properly funny murder mystery steeped in Agatha Christie. And I have only read Murder on the Orient Express. That's my only exposure to Agatha Christie outside of ITV's Marple. Uh, but I am very looking forward, very much looking forward to getting into this. I also realized earlier. In my mad rushing up back my ladder, back up my ladder, I said that I was reading Aurora Rising. I'm not. I'm reading Aurora Burning. It's all got very complicated, and um, this is what you signed up for. This is fundamentally what Fake Redhead Talking Fast was always going to be. Up till now, you've had like the nice filtered version of me. Now, nah, it's pure manic vibes. But yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. This one is uh quite a big book. Uh, let's see, we've got three hundred and 78 pages but it's like a taller book as well so I think you get more word per page if you know what I mean but maybe not I don't know but I am quite looking forward to reading that as well that shouldn't take me too long and I love the little uh, bit about Richard Osman in the dust jacket. Richard Osman is a British television producer and presenter. The Thursday Murder Club is his first and so far best novel. Absolute legend. Oh yeah Um. in the spirit of you know probably giving people you know, more information about things. The Aurora Cycle is written by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff, uh, obviously Six of Crows, Lee Bardugo, and Thursday Murder Club, Richard Osmond. <sighs> See, this is what happens when I don't write a script. You just get pure, unfiltered Cassie. And a lot of my family are very down for that, but I would not be surprised if my listener base kind of <laughs> plummeted after this. But to all of those that have stuck around this far, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're like really, really helping here. Thank you. And thus concludes the official reading list for my holidays. I am very excited about it. I am, like, semi-toying with Taking Along Jamaica in as well, which is a book that I have listened to and really enjoyed and then wanted a physical copy of because I went through a stage where I just really wanted to read it again and managed to get, like, five chapters in and then put it down. So I might take that up as well because it's just a little one in case I run out because I am away for something like 10 days and I hate the idea of running out of reading material. Of course, I am also going to be seeing, like, my boyfriend and my family. So, you know, they might take up some of my time. But you never know. Uh, Thank you so much to Harriet who gave me the idea for this podcast. You really kind of saved my neck there. I'm really grateful. But loads of people reached out on Instagram when I put out my plea um, to give me some material. And I've got quite a bit now that I can uh, build episodes from. That's really exciting. I'll also have book reviews for the things I've already read. And yeah, so we're, we're kind of set for the next couple of weeks. I'll try and write some scripts while I'm away. I will also try and get some of my own personal writing done, which I know I don't talk about a lot on the podcast, but um, that's probably because that it isn't really a tangible thing yet. I don't even know what the plot is. So I'm sure that once that becomes a more real thing, I will talk about it more. But for the time being, you're just going to have to live in suspense, apart from my writer buddies who have to sit and thrash out with me because I am the worst. But thank you so much to everyone who continues to listen to the podcast, who's given me so much support. You know, I've got people that give me uh, consistent, constructive feedback. You know who you are. I really, really appreciate it. It helps me kind of become a podcaster that people want to listen to. And that's what I'm all about. I know that the entire thing's kind of built on me just giving my opinions, but I also want those opinions to be enjoyable to hear. And as I always say, literature is fun. You don't have to agree with my opinions, I don't have to agree with yours, but one of the best things about literature is that we can all take it different ways. I get very passionate about my opinions, which does make me sound a bit dogmatic, but everyone's entitled to their own reading of things. so again yeah thank you so much to everyone even people who are just kind of listening casually it really really does help and I appreciate it so much because you know it's just a fun little thing that I like to do and I like to, the thought that I'm kind of making you guys happy and at least making you laugh whether it's with me or at me I don't care as long as I'm brightening your day so thank you so much please feel free to reach out to me uh, on my twitter at redheadfasttalk I'm always interested to hear more recommendations things you want me to talk about opinions you have kind of things that you maybe disagree with things that you do agree with which I'm very open to Uh, but yeah like just come and chat to me I'm I'm happy to meet the people who are giving their time to listen to my podcast It, it is really amazing of you guys but yes so until kind of three weeks from now thank you so much everyone for listening and I will speak soon bye